Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. It's <laughs> a big plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes... Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Guru. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. Indeed, been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And uh, yeah, well, welcome yeah. to point one. Um, if you're listening to this, which is two issue two seventeen point one, and you just heard issue two seventeen, yeah, wow. that just happened. We talked our way through it, and we're still having trouble believing it. it if yeah. if you're listening to this. First, stop. Stop. Uh, as Jarvis would say, well, Jarvis, please say. You want that authorization? Go listen to 217. Go yes. listen to 217. We'll wait right here. Is where, we will, because uh, it's, yeah, wow. Because we're, we're just going to say, yes, that just happened. That really just happened. I, I, you know, the, the lead up to it, it, it was like, it, it it didn't seem real, but now looking back on it. Don't run it, away it, from it, your feelings. <laughs> I want, I want to and, that, and what just happened for the benefit of somebody who was not listening to our advice and going back and listening to 217 first, uh, we got to talk to Marvel Senior Vice President of Publishing, Tom Brevoort. That's yeah. right. The man himself. Yes. Former intern, University of Delaware alum. Yeah. Um, uh, survivor of the, what was it? The, what do you call it? The, the Marvel Cution. Yeah, no, yeah, the Marvel Cution. Um, uh, so he would have been there during the, the whole time with Roland and the whole Malibu takeover. Yeah. 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 I mean, he started, he started as an intern in 1989. So he, he's been there just under 30 years. Wow. And, and we're talking about man that like us on Wednesday, even though he works for Marvel still goes and buys his comics. Well, I, I, I found it cool. We we ask what about um the whole you know, what what's your three top three favorite books and me thinking oh he's gonna come back with three Marvel books because we're a Marvel show and he pulls mm-hmm. out some some great books yeah I, I, I pulled I, out I, some yeah not Marvel none of them were no, Marvel no. no no although he did say what whatever Ed Brubaker was working on but uh, the other books that he mentioned uh two are from Independence and. And one is you no know, distinguished competition. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 the guy is a comic 
book junkie. Yeah. He really is. He is. And if you're, I'm just gonna say it, it's just like what the the motivational posters always say, and the and the motivational memes all say. Uh, don't do something you like. Do something you love. Right. Yeah. Love what you do and do what you love. Yeah. Because I, I the did, man I, the, the the man exemplifies that. He does. I mean, I mean, and you you heard? I asked him. I was like. You know, you've been in the you've been in this just under thirty years. You know, you you you're you eat, sleep, breathe comics for a living, and he he is a voracious comic book reader. New mm-hmm. stuff, old stuff, independent, it doesn't matter. I, you know what? There's hope for me. <laughs> That's why I was sitting there and I'm like, I, I, there's this part of me, there's this little voice in me that inside of me that worries that there's going to be a day where. Uh, maybe it's not going to be that big of a deal for me to go to the comic shop or, you know, maybe my collection is getting too big and I need to ease up on it. But, you know, apparently I don't really have to worry about that. There you go. But speaking of comic book shop on Wednesday. Yeah. We have some picks for you for this coming Wednesday. Well, Eric, why don't you start us off since you had the Marvel Unlimited pick? Okie dokie. Well, my first pick of the week is Thor number four by Jason Aaron and Michael Del Mundo. Thor and the Valkyries take on the Queen of Cinders in the War for Hell. The Queen of Cinders and her Fire Goblin army have invaded the Land of the Dead. To keep the afterlife from going up in flames, Thor and his brothers will have to forge alliances with some of their greatest enemies and seek to unlock the secrets of Valhalla and the mighty Valkyries. Okay, uh, Kyle, why don't you go next? All right, uh, my first pick is a number one. It's Extermination, number one of five by Ed Brisson, uh, Pepe Larraz, and uh, Mark Brooks. Cyclops, Iceman, Angel, Beast, Marvel Girl. The original team of teen mutants brought together by Professor Charles Xavier many, many years ago have been shunted through time to find a world they barely recognize, but were determined to help. Now, finding themselves targeted for death, the future of mutant kind lies squarely in the hands of its past. Writer Ed Brisson uh, of Old Man Logan and Cable and an artist Pepe Larraz of Uncanny Avengers, Avengers No Surrender, answered the biggest question of all. Can the fate of the X-Men be changed? Cool. Well, my first pick, um, it's going to be one of multiple picks tonight. (laughs) We must still be in shell shock over having Tom on for that to slip like it did. Um, My first pick of the week is Multiple Man number three, and it's three of five. Uh, Matthew Rosenberg, Andy McDonald, and Marcos Martin are the creators uh, or the the creative team on this. Uh, The war for the future is now because we're in the future. Jamie Madrix, the X-Man you tell people is your favorite to seem cool, is trapped and his allies are dropping like flies. With the enemy closing in, Jamie has time to make one desperate last move, but he'll need Forge's help to evade a familiar new villain that threatens the future, the present and the past of the Marvel Universe. A familiar new villain. 
that sounds kind of like jumbo shrimp. It's a contradiction in terms. <laughs> he's yeah. new, but he's familiar. Yeah, you'll make shrimp cakes, shrimp pole boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bubba Gump. So, uh, Eric, your second pick of the week. My second pick of the week is a number number four. It is Doctor Strange number four by Mark Wade and Jesus Saiz. Doctor Strange's interplanetary power trip continues, but now there's a secret between him and his alien companion. Can she fight by his side if she can't trust him? And can a former member of the Illuminati trust himself with an infinity stone in his possession? Well, that's cool. Uh, Kylan, your second pick of the week. My second pick of the week is Infinity Wars number two of six. Uh, and this is uh, by G- uh, Jerry Duggan, Mike Diodato, and Mike Diodato. Uh, as the Infinity Stones come to Earth, so too comes the war for control over them. But none who wield the stones know the truth about the power they contain or what it would take to bring them to to their end. The nature of the universe itself hangs in the balance as we learn the answer to the question on everyone's lips since Infinity War's prime. Who is Requiem? Jerry Duggan of Deadpool and Infinity Countdown and Mike Diodato Jr. of Original Sin and Old Man Logan Look into the infinite and bring the truth to light. Okay. Well, my second pick of the week is Miss Marvel, or is Marvel Rising, Miss Marvel, Squirrel Girl number one. It's Devin Grayson, Raymond Fox, and Gary Huru. Uh, the game is up when the penultimate chapter, God, I can't talk tonight. Penultimate? Thank you. Chapter of Marvel, of Marvel Rising. When Ember Quay traps Miss Marvel, Squirrel Girl, and their friends in a video game reality, they'll have to fight their way through the terrifying villain hordes of Ember's imagination. But when they reach the final event, even Ember will be surprised at what they find. All the cards hit the table as award-winning writers Devin Grayson, G. Willow Wilson, and Ryan North take Marvel Rising to its new heights. So, Eric, we're back to you for uh, for our final pick of the week. Okay. Uh, well, my first pick was a number four. My second pick was a number four. And so my third pick is a number one of four. <laughs> it is Edge of Spider-Geddon, number one, by Jed McKay and Gerardo Sandoval. Spider-Geddon is coming. Spider-Punk is back and better than ever. After Spider-Verse, Hobie Brown was a web warrior, but that didn't mean things back in his universe were solved. The writer of the Spider-Punk story in Spider-Verse is back and joined by Venom's Geraldo Sandoval. Spider-Punk's Earth is under attack both on the ground and from space, meaning his responsibility seems to outweigh his power. Cool. Kylan, your final pick. <sighs> My final pick is a slightly sad one, but Star Wars Poe Dameron number 30. I think like like it's sitting at 31. Uh, but uh, and this is by Charles Soule, Angel Unzueta, and Phil Noto. Awakenings Part 5. Black Squadron had its own mission during the events of The Last Jedi, a desperate trek across the galaxy to find aid for the Resistance, all without the help of their fearless leader, Poe Dameron. This is the beginning of the end. It is. Um, trying to find confirmation. Uh, of course, this is a struggle. Uh, Poe, Star Wars Poe Dameron. Um, the, I, I'm not getting the... 
can't find the information I'm looking for. Um, You're looking for uh, what the uh, the last issue of Poe Dameron yeah, is supposed to be? Yeah, because I'm not finding I, I'm not finding source on this. I don't know. Maybe it's one of those. I mean, because didn't I? Well, I doubt if I'll be uh, this lucky, but didn't uh, Poe Dameron uh, at one point um, like it was going to end, and then decided not to do that? I, I thought it was supposed to be a 12, 12 issue run originally, and then it turned into. Um, final issue will be issue 31. Yeah. Comicbook.com says number 31. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. CBR.com saying 31. Yeah. So sci-fi wire I'm going to go out of limb and say 31. 32? What? Yeah. <laughs> Do I hear 32? Sold to the man with spittoon haircut. <laughs> well... Well, you know, that's I not either just, one of you. I, I could just collect them all. Well, I, I have them all anyway, I believe. I'll just collect them all and take out on the weekend and uh, have me a Poe Dameron party or something. I don't know. Uh, I hear that. Well, um, Doug, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, you're going to say what your third for, pick was. I, I think I am. Okay. Jerry Duggan, Will Sleeney, Tom Ty- or, and John Tyler Christopher. I knew I picked this book for a reason. Um, I was about to say, ain't that your bud? He's also part-time co-host over on uh, my, on Wiki Radio. Uh, I'm assuming John did the, the cover for this, and he, if so, he did more than one cover, because I believe there's an action figure variant cover for this as well. Uh, it's Star Wars Beckett, number one. Ooh, nice. The good, the bad, and the deadly. Tobias Beckett taught Han Solo everything he knows about surviving hoodlum-filled cantinas and backwater worlds. But who is this career outlaw, and why is Infus Nest one of the galaxy's most dangerous and brutal marauders so dead set on taking him down once and for all? Find out in this original tale of a man who has gamed star system after star system, but at a cost that no heist can make up for. So, and I believe this is just a one-shot. Well, that's kind of what that was at the end of the movie, though, wasn't it? A (laughs) one-shot? Uh, yeah, it was. But yes, it was. Beckett shot first. Dude. I think I don't remember. I haven't slept since then. Oh lord. Uh, well, bless your heart. Well, how about we do a little uh, mu pick? Okay, I'm I'm breaking with format here, based on our conversation with Tom Brevort. And by the way, if you haven't listened to that yet, what are you doing? Still listening to us? Yeah. Okay, so. And trust me, this this break in format is going to make much more sense if you go back and listen to that. So my, my regular pick, what would be my regular pick for this week's Marvel Unlimited would be Deathlock Volume 2, number one from July 1991. Written by Dwayne McDuffie, Greg Knight, uh, penciled by Dennis Cohen, inked by Mike Manley, colored by Greg Wright, uh, lettered by Ken Lopez, editors Bob Budiansky and Tom Brevort. Now, I collected Deathlock, uh, the first part, when this series came out. And I it was great as a cyber adventure kind of thing, because he really wasn't a superhero, although he entered he interacted with a lot of them. Uh, but there was a, a strong civil rights undercurrent. Mm-hmm. And it was, 
the uh, this issue number two started off a four issue arc called the Souls of Cyberfolk, and there was a lot of carryover by W. B. Du Bois, who wrote the Souls of Black Folk. Yes, I thought the the juxtaposition of you took the the African American civil rights story and you transposed it to uh, what they called cybernets, which were like cybernetic organism or cyber network. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And ran that in parallel, and I just I thought that was a really really good good stroke. Yeah, you know. Uh, so, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, you know, I it seems that I and you know that's especially because uh, that when that when was that uh, early mid nineties early one. It, it was July of ninety one. And you know how gutsy that was at that time because there was a yeah. little bit of turmoil going on. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you know. It's like he said, a good story, you know, you then, you know, it, it pretty much writes itself. It's a good story. People are going to be receptive. Mm-hmm. True. And Dennis Cowan, I, I think it probably it probably resonated with him because he is African-American. Yes. And I don't recall there being a lot of African-Americans involved in the comics at that point in time. Mm-mm. I don't remember there being many either. So the fact that you had a major Marvel artist at the time, I, we look back on it now and we just think, well, it may not be that big. But back then, that was a sack full of gussiness. Yeah, it was. It very was. So, very much so. That's my main MU pick. But what was the one issue that Tom Brevoort would would claim in his old house anyway that was always within arm's reach no matter what room of the house he was in a copy of Fantastic Four number one that is my bonus MU pick for this week which I is like it. it is out there on Marvel Unlimited from uh, 1961, I believe, mm-hmm. 61, 62. So, yeah, I, I had to throw that in. And again, if you've listened to issue 217, you you understand why. Yes. Well, I believe we have picked Fantastic Four number one in the past. So I looked. I did not see it. OK, maybe I'm wrong. I, well, I know I picked I picked uh, Fantastic Four number maybe 30, 33. It was like the first appearance of um, Black Panther. Okay. So, you know, I remember picking um, uh, one of the earlier Fantastic Fours there, but yeah. Well, this is a bonus pick, so e- a bonus pick, I say, can be a repeat if need be. Oh, yeah. I like it. Yeah. I'll go with that. Oh, yeah. MMG Law number 37. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> so, um, I am so glad we, we got to chat with Tom tonight. Yeah. Um and, and, and I think the, he thoroughly enjoyed it too. I hope so. Um I'm I'm hoping that we were on the same brainwave when I mentioned my Snickers joke that the one pitch that he was talked about that he didn't want to throw out there was about Cap going Hydra. I I'm starting to wonder cuz he say I know he said it was fairly recent. <laughs> That's the biggest. I think you muted your mic there, Eric. Sorry. <laughs> I said that that would qualify as something really really out there, yeah. And I, I, if he was thinking the same that I was with the with the uh, Snickers joke, I am so glad he caught it. <laughs> well, because considering um, considering how he felt initially about you no know, Bucky returning, yeah. I, 
you know, I mean, you know, there there are certain things about Cap that, at least prior to the return of Bucky, there were certain things that were just canon. And one of them was, you no, know, Bucky was all, but like I said, there were certain deaths that you just didn't mess with. Bucky was one of them, but, you know. Uncle Ben, Doug Ramsey, Gwen Stacy. Yep. Yep. And, and Bucky. And Bucky. Yeah, but the way Gwen's been brought back has been a great loophole because it's Gwen, but it's not. And you know, and I'll be honest with you, there, they, they there was enough. The thing is, I, I, they're, they're, they they followed the the comic book rule that. If there's no body, you know, true, you know, you 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 have to see a body, and even if you have, even if you see a body, it could be an LMD. Now they aren't they they weren't there weren't LMDs running around back during World War II, to our understanding anyway. But now there was a theory going around during the Professor Hulk storylines mm-hmm. with uh, with Peter David as the writer that the uh, Agamemnon was the uh, the leader of the mount which all the, like the uh the the i guess you call them debbie gods you yeah. had ulysses and hector and and all that um agamemnon the what everybody thought was him the old bearded bald guy was actually a holographic projection right and you do get to see the real agamemnon at one play you know one point and it's a teenager who says about 70 years ago i faked my death or, or at the time you know 40 50 60 i can't remember <laughs> This would have been early 90s. Mm-hmm. So I guess it would have been about 50, 60, you know, about 50 years ago. I, I faked my death. And he did kind of resemble Bucky. And so there was the theory that Bucky was actually an immortal. Ooh. And so he faked his death to become, you know, and, and he founded the Mount. And nobody would believe a perpetual teenager as a leader. So he created the fake Agamemnon, the, the projection, mm-hmm. it, basically as a way to be you know more believable. Mm-hmm. See that? I, mm, I can see that. But because of the Winter Soldier, we we know that can't be real now, right? This is true. But Immortal Bucky did have its advantages. It yeah, did have yeah, its appeal. Yeah. So, well, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Uh, thank you guys for joining us as we chatted with Tom. Thank you guys for joining us for our picture. And of girls. The week. Thank you, gang, for coming on. <laughs> um, guys, girls, immortals. Whichever. Watchers, etc. Complete strangers. Inhumans, mutants. So, um, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Come back next week. Uh, I almost hate to say it, but I think issue 218 is just going to be a plain issue 218 back to normal. No plus one. No point ones. <laughs> You're all invited back next week to this locality to have a heap and helping of our hospitality. Marvel, that is. <laughs> Mutants, inhumans, blue and gold. Come on in. <laughs> Take your shoes off. Stay a while. Y'all come back. Y'all come back now. You hear? <laughs> on, on that note. <laughs>